Um, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm here today with County Executive Parisi, Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway, and our um, city attorney, um, Marcy Paulson. This week brings a mix of updates for the state of co the COVID-19 pandemic in Dane County. While we are, for now, seeing a slight calming of the storm, we are concerned about how much cases could increase as a result of Thanksgiving gatherings and are alarmed at the increasing number of deaths in recent weeks. The high case counts that we have been experiencing over the past month have been decreasing over the past week. As of November 28th, our seven-day average of people being diagnosed with COVID-19 was 275. This is down from a seven-day average that was nearing 500 cases in mid-November. Our rate is currently mirroring the overall national rate, while Wisconsin as a whole is nearly double that rate. But that does not mean, this does not mean we can relax. We are able to contact trace more cases and their contacts, but these case counts are still testing our public health system and case counts are still straining our hospital systems. High levels of COVID-19 continue to have an impact on staffing levels and hospitals are still caring for well over 100 people every day who are hospitalized with COVID-19. Today, we learned of further evidence of the consequences of surging cases from November. We added 21 more individuals who died of COVID-19 to our data dashboard. 40 people have died in November so far, which is more than any month since the pandemic began. The ages of people who died ranged from 54 to 102 years old. Many people were associated with long-term care facilities and assisted living facilities, but not all of them. We grieve the loss of these people in our community and send our condolences to their family and friends. We need to all take action to slow the spread of COVID-19 so we don't have another record month of deaths in December or January or any month in the future. Our public health orders remain in effect until December 16th, and we will be releasing updated orders before their expiration date. We will continue to look at trends in case counts, data, and emerging evidence around this, this virus to make a decision about what those orders need to look like. We will continue to make decisions to keep our hospitals functioning and to keep our community alive and well this holiday season. While we still have not seen the effects of Thanksgiving on our case counts, and while we hope that cases will continue to decline, we are bracing ourselves for the likely reality of yet another surge from the holiday weekend. Our collective future is a sum of all of our individual actions. We continue to ask everyone to stay vigilant through the holiday season, shop local, but choose a curbside delivery or takeout option, avoid gathering with people you don't live with, avoid contact with people at work in close quarters, wear a mask, and please stay home when you're sick and get tested right away. Together, we can work together, we can work together to spread the slow of this virus. Thank you. I believe, uh, County Executive, you're next. Thank you, Janelle. Uh, hi, I'm County Executive Joe Parisi. While there's hope on the horizon with the deployment of a vaccine, the difficult truth of where we're at today and likely will be for the next few months remains the same. 
Our hospital ICUs and emergency rooms remain stretched beyond any reasonable limit. And our healthcare workers, as well as their patients, need our help. They need us to remain vigilant in our efforts to slow the virus. We are experiencing what is to date the worst of the pandemic. And the difficult truth is that it will likely get even worse before it gets better. We know the post-Thanksgiving surge will hit us while our hospitals are already at capacity. It will be a surge upon a surge. Any one of us or someone we care about could find ourselves in the ER, either with COVID or another health emergency. Heart attacks, strokes, and injuries have not taken time off during COVID. And the strain that record numbers of COVID patients are putting on our hospitals also impacts our hospital's ability to respond to and treat people experiencing other life-threatening emergencies and health conditions. If ever there was a time for us to unite in support of our community and our healthcare system, it's now. Until the vaccine is widely available, our public health orders and guidelines will remain our best resources for reducing the suffering and death caused by this virus. I wanna thank everyone who is making sacrifices and changing your routines in order to reduce the spread of this virus. We know it's been difficult and many have suffered both emotionally and financially. But the only way for us to avoid even more illness and death is for us all to remain vigilant until the vaccine is rolled out and our numbers begin to once again decline. I also send my sincerest condolences to those of you who have lost a loved one to this cruel disease. Our entire community shares in their grief. Well, I could not be more grateful to our Dane County residents who are doing so much to reduce the spread of this virus. I am equally concerned by the actions of legislative Republicans, specifically the proposal just unveiled by Speaker Voss and company. Rather than an answer to our months-long plea for state government to take greater action to combat the spread of COVID-19, Speaker Voss's proposal undermines our ability to protect our residents. It takes healthcare decisions out of the hands of healthcare professionals and puts them into the hands of politicians. It undermines the ability of public health officers to keep us safe, and it politicizes healthcare. Speaker Voss's proposal is not a plan. It's a political document. I would ask the speaker, how is your plan going to prevent people from getting sick? How is it going to reduce the crush of patients in our hospitals? The answer in short is it won't. And one of the most egregious parts of his proposal would have politicians, rather than healthcare professionals, decide who receives the vaccine and when. If Speaker Voss's plan is approved, we would need a politician's approval before we could receive a vaccine. The stakes are too high for this type of political gamesmanship. And I could not be more disappointed by the lack of a meaningful effort on their part. In Dane County, we will continue to turn to healthcare professionals, not politicians, for healthcare guidance. We will continue to do the work and do everything in our power to protect our community and to provide relief to our healthcare system. Our collective actions can and do make a difference, and we will continue pushing forward together. Until we were on the other, until we are on the other side of this crisis. Thank you. Now I'm going to turn it over to Mayor Rhodes Conway. 
Thank you, County Executive Parisi. I'm Mayor Satya Rhodes Conway of Madison. This is a really sobering day. Never before in this pandemic have we lost so many of our neighbors in such a short time period. In November, over 40 unique treasured individuals died and they have left a hole in the hearts of their loved ones and friends. And my condolences go out to their families. Our hospitals are filling up. 172 people are currently hospitalized with 41 people in our ICUs. Imagine the pain and fear that they and their families are going through. This is a sobering time. Over the past seven days, we are averaging 6.7% positivity rate in Dane County and 13% statewide. Just for comparison, New York City has a 3% positivity rate. We can and we must do better. Public health has told us that our numbers have leveled off a bit, but I can't help but feel that we are just in the eye of the storm and that we will shortly be facing a post-holiday surge in cases that will send hundreds more to the hospital, stressing our healthcare system to the breaking point. We don't know for certain what is ahead, but we do know for certain what we need to do now. We need to follow the public health orders. And our health orders here in Dane County are the strongest in the state. We need to wear our masks, keep our distance, avoid gatherings, and avoid any circumstances where we are sharing air with others outside our households. Too many small gatherings are continuing to spread the disease. Think about your day. Are you gathering with just a few people at work? Are you meeting a few friends at the gym? Are you gathering indoors for a drink with a friend? Are your kids having one or two other kids in the house? Add these up and you could easily have contact with 10 people a day, which means that there is a 30% chance that at least one of them had COVID-19, according to one risk assessment tool. If you encounter 25 people, the chance that at least one person has COVID goes up to almost 60%. Please do everything you can to reduce that risk. Take your gatherings outside, go for walks with friends instead of sitting down inside, wear your masks, keep yourselves, your families, and your community safe. Thank you, and we'll take questions now. See, we have a uh, number of hands raised. So if I can ask our tech staff to just um, go in order of hands and unmute folks. It's like Eric Gunn is first. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Um, I have uh, two questions. Uh, Mr. Parisi already addressed somewhat the uh, the legislation that was proffered yesterday afternoon by the Assembly Republicans, but I'm wondering if there are specific pieces of either the governor's legislative package uh, last month or that uh, assembly package uh, last night 
that any of the participants can speak to pro or con in terms of their uh, uh, effect on public health and public health policy. I would just like to start by um, reiterating what the county executive said that I think it's um, ludicrous to propose that the uh, distribution of the vaccine and who gets a vaccine be decided by um, the legislature. And that's just flies in the face of all common sense. And those are decisions that should be made by public health and healthcare officials. So I'm sure the county executive has something to add. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, so I, in general, this isn't really a plan. It's, it's certainly not a plan that addresses the root causes and the need to try to get back out in front of this, of this virus. It puts more bureaucracy in place. It's more saying no and trying to stop people from, from, from implementing what they're trying to do in order to slow the spread of this virus. And saying no is not a plan. Um, this does not deal with, other than I believe it funds, um, provides additional funding for contact tracers, which is good. That's a good thing. But there's, there's nothing in here that relies on healthcare professionals and streamlining the process and allowing healthcare professionals to do their job to slow the spread of this. It's, it's, very, it's, it's, it's very disappointing. It's a political document. It's, it's, it's not a public health document. And I think what, what we need from the state has been clear all along, right? We need statewide public health orders, right? We need a level playing field across the state because the virus does not respect the boundaries of counties. Um, and the, anything short of that is really, I think, inadequate. And, and it's just disappointing that the leaders at the state level um, can't find a way to protect the people of the state. We need them to allow the governor and his team to do the job they were elected to do, um, to protect the people of the state of Wisconsin, um, rather than trying to put bureaucratic hurdles in their way, rather, try, rather, whether, rather than trying to strip their power um, from them to act, um, rather than literally supporting lawsuits to strike down proven strategies to reduce the virus. Um, it, 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 it's mind-boggling how, how, how they can stand by and have stood by for months. I don't think the Assembly Health Committee's met for six months. You know, these folks are getting paid. They're getting their insurance bought. They're, you know, they have taxpayer-paid health insurance, so they're taken care of. Um, but they've provided no guidance or relief since virtually the beginning of this pandemic. And now they want to come in and have politicians tell us who can get vaccinated and when. Um, it, 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 it makes no sense from a healthcare perspective. And again, it's, it, it's, it's very disappointing. We have a number of questions. So let's go next to Adam Duxter. And will that uh, to be followed by Danny Maxwell. Adam? Can you, guys, hey, can you guys hear me all right? Sorry about that. Yep. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask um, public health, Madison, but uh, 
Can you help put into context these 21 deaths and how long of a time period they might have occurred over? And then with that said, what has kind of taken the coroners in these situations this long to determine the cause of death? Because it seems like, you know, the information is being presented like all these deaths happened in one day, but I'm trying to understand how long of a period of time they, they might have happened over. Sure, thanks for that question. So um, the deaths that were reported today occurred over the month of um, November um, with maybe one or two in the very tail end of October. I can't speak to the process that the um, medical examiner's office uses, but we um, report deaths on our dashboard when we get the death certificates in. Um, and sometimes those happen and we receive quite a few um, at one time, or sometimes they trickle in. And in the case of this week, we were we received quite a few representing um, the impact of the virus um, on our community over the course of the last month. Thank you. Uh, next, we have Danny Maxwell to be followed by David Walbert. Hi, thank you. Um, I kind of wanted to go um, into something that the Department of Health Services um, talked about yesterday about some hospitals in Wisconsin bringing back healthcare workers who might have been exposed and should be quarantining. I know the last time we checked in with our local hospitals, they hadn't been doing that yet, but do you have an update from them about whether that is happening here as you talked about our hospitals being so stressed at this point? Um, I'm unable to answer the question on behalf of healthcare with regard to how they are adjusting their staffing models, but there are a variety of options available to healthcare um, to assure that they have the staffing capacity. But re related to your specific question, um, I would recommend we ask our healthcare colleagues to answer that. All right, thank you. Next is David Wahlberg to be followed by Sanika Bargwa. Yep, hello. Um, uh, a survey released, I think, yesterday by the Madison Chamber and other business groups, um, nearly half of the respondents rated the local officials' responses to COVID-19 as below average or poor. Can you respond to that, please? So, you know, it's, it's actually a little surprising. Um, I think that if you look statewide, um, our response here in Dane County, um, has been certainly above average. And I think we've had um, a response that has been consistently uh, driven by data and science um, and by the public health recommendations. Um, I'm less familiar with the uh, orders and state of things across the country, but just in talking with other mayors, I think we're definitely on par um, with what other cities are doing um, in terms of protecting our populations um, and trying to um, support folks, not just for COVID-19, but uh, you know, on all fronts, um, all, all ways that the pandemic is uh, impacting us. So I understand it's been a really, really difficult year for small businesses in our community. And uh, you know, we collectively, and particularly, I think the county with the CARES Act funding have done a lot to try and support our small business community. And the truth is that, you know, the, we've just seen a, a 
really precipitous drop in consumer confidence. Um, and this is true all across the country. There's actually some good national numbers that um, the uh, come, that come out of Raj Chetty's shop that um, the drops that we're seeing um, in retail spending are much more related to consumer confidence than they are to public health orders. And so I think that, you know, people are rightly afraid of COVID-19 and, um, you know, their appetite for um, going out um, and doing the kind of, you know, sort of normal shopping um, and dining activities that, um, that we would usually be doing um, is just really dropped off. And, and that's having a huge impact um, on our small business community, which is, of course, terrible. Um, but again, I think more related to the virus um, than to the public health orders. Um, County Executive, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. No, I, I think you know, as we look in retrospect at um, how this virus and response has unfolded from a national, state, and local level, it's clear that what works is a comprehensive approach. Um, and unfortunately for us, since the you know, after the very beginning of the pandemic, when the initial CARES Act was passed, we've been left out on our own. The federal government has abdicated responsibility. The state government has been hamstrung by lawsuits. And we know that the best thing we can do for local businesses is to get the virus under control. And if we look around the country, but even more particularly around the globe, we see that the nations who have had a comprehensive approach in which public health guidelines drove the response when it came down to limiting interactions and partially or wholly for periods of time, closing down businesses and restricting other movements, those where they were accompanied by, by economic support were very successful, not only in keeping people above water economically, but in reducing the spread of the virus. So just imagine for a moment, if our response, well, everything that we've been able to do in Dane County, which have been using the tools at our disposal to protect people from the virus, could have been accompanied by a statewide response that wasn't struck down at every turn and having lawsuits filed at every turn and combined with a functional national government that would have recognized the crisis and listened to public health guidance, recommended mask wearing, and supported local communities in states economically so that the people who are suffering the worst, both by losing their jobs and having their businesses slow down or shut, received the support they needed and deserved from our national government, we would be in a completely different place today. So what happens is local governments are left out on their own to do what we can. And of course, people are frustrated. People are suffering greatly, both from the illness, both economically and emotionally from the stress of this. But what, if, if we look at the big picture and step back at what a response should have looked like, that other support would have been built in there. So we can't take out one piece of this and look at it on its own. And our hearts bleed for the people who have lost their jobs, for whose businesses are suffering. And it was mentioned earlier, when we have resources, when we have resources available to us from the federal government, we immediately pumped $11 million into our local businesses to keep them afloat. 
and fully assumed that there would be more help on the way, but the Calvary never arrived. So we're doing everything we can now to get through this virus. I mean, look, at you could say, okay, we could open every business, let people come and go as they please. And one of two scenarios is going to happen. Either it's the mayor's that people aren't going to come because they're afraid of contracting the virus, or there will be more spreading events and the virus would be even worse. And when any of us needed to go to the hospital, it wouldn't be an option. So there, there, there have been no good options since the beginning of this pandemic. But what's important is that we be mindful of the fact that ultimately we're all fighting the same thing, and that's the virus. And we're all doing the best that we can with the tools that we have, particularly after being left high and dry by the national government and because of the actions of certain people in state government. Thank you. Our next question is from Seneca Barba to be followed by Naomi Knowles. Hi, um, I wanted to ask a question for public health. Um, Janelle mentioned that they're looking at other orders as we get closer to the expiration date of the current order. Um, can What can we be expecting from these new orders? Are they gonna apply to gatherings, especially as we get closer to the Christmas holidays? You know, as we've done since the beginning, we take a data-informed approach, and we have tried to tailor that to where we are seeing the greatest risk of spread, and we will continue to take a data-informed approach based on um, what we are experiencing uh, related to COVID in our community, and, and, and that's really what will be driving uh, anything that we do next. Thank you. Our next question is from Naomi Coles. Yes, thanks for taking my question. Uh, I know you commented earlier more, or have been commenting on BOSS's proposed legislation, but I did want to specifically ask kind of about the public health ramifications to one of their proposals specifically. So particularly, what are like the practical ramifications for both this pandemic, but also future public health crises if legislation were to limit county health officials' ability to close or limit capacity at businesses unless it applies to all businesses? So I, Janelle can speak to this if, if she wants, or perhaps Marcy, but um, I mean, and I'm not a public health professional, but I, you know, I think that the, one of the things that has been effective about our approach here in Dane County is that we have been able to follow the science and the data, and, and that we have used that to really fine tune restrictions so that um, we can restrict places where we're seeing spread and loosen up on places where we're not seeing spread. And, uh, you know, I think that if um, this legislation passed, that um, we would be really unable to follow the science and the data in a way that I think has um, been effective um, and that we should be able to continue to do. But I don't know if uh, Marcy or Janelle want to add anything to that or, or the county executive. I would just say, I think one of the things that we need to have in our toolbox in public health in or outside of a pandemic is the ability to um, effectively communicate with our public, to provide health education, to do to um, follow up and to do all the things that, that make sense on an individual level, but we also need the ability to have different policies to support um, minimizing the risk of illness in whatever environment and whatever condition that we may be experiencing in our community. And so that, uh, you know, that those are some of the things that come to mind for me when I, uh, when I 
have had the opportunity to quickly review, but I will refrain from more until I have more depth of knowledge of where that proposal sits. And we've got two more questions and then I think we'll, we'll wrap that up. Um, so next is Robert Chappelle to be followed by Shemaine Mills. We got Robert. Yeah, just just a second here. Oh. Robert, you're muted. There you go. All right. Small detail question. I hope it won't take long. Um, are these fatalities that we're seeing the 21 today, as well as the 40 over November, are those Dane County residents, or are those the fatalities that occurred in Dane County hospitals? Now you're muted, Janelle. Oops, sorry about that. Those are Dane County residents. All right, that's what I thought, thank you. Thank you. All right, so our last question is from Shemaine Mills. And Shemaine, you're muted. Shemaine, you may have a, a prompt to unmute yourself. You are unmuted on our end if you can uh, find that prompt to unmute yourself or unmute your microphone. Sorry about that. Uh, Mayor, you said Madison has some of the strongest pandemic protections in place in the state. How would the new assembly proposal undermine current efforts? Uh, I, I think it, um, you know, I haven't had time to review the legislation in depth, so um, others may have more detail, but, it, I, you know, I think that's one of the, um, the sort of core issues here, and as you think about uh, certainly the approach to the pandemic, but also um, just in general when the state is looking to preempt local government, is that we need the state to set a floor uh, and not a ceiling. Um, and, and so we need the state to set basic protections and allow local governments or county governments to uh, add in additional protections as needed. And what we need is a statewide order um, that is uh, to keep everyone safe in Wisconsin and then to allow um, places that um, are experiencing um, particular uh, surges in the virus to um, add on additional protections as needed. And I think, you know, from, from what I know of the proposal, um, uh, it would in fact do the opposite. Uh, which would impose a, a cap, a ceiling on what local governments can do um, and force us all to the lowest common denominator, uh, which when you're dealing with a pandemic is I think exactly the opposite of what you wanna do. And um, we need to have stronger protections um, for our communities, not weaker. Do you think local restrictions played a role in the lower positivity rate of Dane County compared to state? Absolutely. Thank you. 
Thank you. All right, so those are all our questions. Um, any final comments from anybody? All right, thank you all very much for attending today and have a good afternoon.